silica gel packets. Known for do not eat. Famous for beef jerky. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why silica gel packets are secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone because Sienna East and Rivers Langley are my wonderful returning guests. Sienna East is a comedian, writer, actor, filmmaker. She's also part of the cast of the NDND YouTube channel which is a whole group of native performers doing funny and awesome tabletop role-playing games together. And Sienna last appeared on this podcast on the episode about libraries. Rivers Langley last appeared on the episode about blood types. And Rivers has his own entire wonderful podcast going on. It's called Goods from the Woods. He's the host of that and is also a wonderful stand-up comedian. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Canarsie and Lenape peoples. Acknowledge Sienna and Rivers each recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielino Tongva and Keech and Chumash peoples, and acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about silica gel packets. That's a patron-chosen topic. Many, many thanks to Jonathan Smookler for pointing out this desiccant, pointing out this thing that makes stuff dry around it. As we'll discuss, it's something I never, ever, ever think about, and I'm so glad I got to think about it now. So please sit back or stand at that counter and get an extra packet of beef jerky, right? Because it's delicious and it's on theme. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Sienna East and Rivers Langley. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Sienna Rivers, it is so good to have you on the show. And I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. So either of you can start, but how do you feel about silica gel packets you know people should uh look me up uh if they don't know me if you're just hearing my voice i don't know if i come across as a beef jerky guy but i'm oh, a, yeah. I, look me up you can tell by looking at me i'm a beef jerky guy and as a child uh the brand was called oh boy oberto that was the good stuff people are all about the jack mm-hmm. links now no jack links mm-mm no, oh boy, Oberto was the bomb growing up. Uh, and right at the bottom, uh, after I ate the beef jerky in under 30 seconds, uh, right under the bottom, right there at the bottom, there's that little pack and it says, do not eat. But I was a hungry child, Alex. I was always hungry. <laughs> and though I never did it because I, I you know, I, I, I was, okay, I was yeah. I, you know, a, a Boy Scout. I was a, I was a Boy Scout. So one of the uh, points of the Scout law is obedient. So I did not eat it. But I thought about it. (laughs) 
I'm really glad you didn't eat it. One thing we'll get to a little later is why people should not eat it. That's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah. No, no, I get it. I mean, I, as a child, also to bear with beef jerky, but also like whenever I saw the packet and I never understood, like it would be like not just in food, it's in all sorts of things, but it scared, it, it scared me so much because I was really worried I would eat it. Not like I was like, oh no, what if I accidentally eat the silica gel packet? And so I was really, but I was always the kid who was really worried that I was going to do like, like, um, I remember someone's like, oh, don't mess with the end of the little plug that plugs your guitar into the amp. I remember one time I was like, I really want to stick this in my mouth, but I shouldn't. But what if I did? And those were like <laughs> the kind of thoughts that went through my head as a kid. Like, you know, it's like, don't don't put that thing in your mouth. And like, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God, what if I accidentally swallow a battery? That was another concern I had growing up or a magnet. <laughs> I was really where I was going to eat a magnet. I was really where I was going to eat a battery, the silica gel packet, just things I feared I would eat. <laughs> my my big my big one was always looking the the other one that came to mind as soon as I heard this topic I immediately thought of the jerky and then just it also made me think of looking at that that tag on a mattress that says oh. do not remove under penalty of law like they're gonna arrest you for taking the tag off your mattress <laughs> and so those are, those are the two big folk you know th- those were no go zones as a, as a child you don't eat the silica gel mm. don't take the tag off the mattress the greatest laws yes. Yeah. yeah, those were the two. That's that's why people went to jail in my mind as a you know seven year old. Like, oh, they must have they must have taken the tag off the mattress or you know. Yeah, both those things. If they didn't tell you to not do it, I would never even consider it. But because there's such a not clear, once. especially the mattress one, where it's like the cops are gonna get you. Like, are they? I yes. I was they? I was just gonna leave this on there and put my sheets over it. I, I don't care what. <laughs> <laughs> that's good though yeah i have briefly had the thought why don't i eat it and folks don't eat it but i <laughs> i'm really glad patron jonathan smookler picked this topic because not only is this something i never actively think about but i realize that i like go out of my way to throw these out fast like as soon as they're in a thing i'm like if it says do not eat it's probably a deadly poison Blah! and just into the trash <laughs> immediately <laughs> Alex, I'm not going to lie to you. I did. As soon as I heard the topic, I did go to YouTube hoping to find some unexplored Tide Pod-esque challenge of, uh, you know, Gen Z uh, YouTubers eating silica packs. And I was deeply disappointed. Gen Z, what are you doing? Let's. <laughs> There's not as many uh, silica gel pack challenges as I'd like. That doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense. I would never eat like a like a Tide Pod looks soft. It's colorful. Like it's got so many alluring qualities. Silica gel packets is a bunch of little plastic bought little plastic things and another little plastic thing. It all look hard and it's just poison. And I'm like, that doesn't seem. But but a Tide Pod like I wouldn't do it. But it looks like and I know they were doing it to like prove something. But there is yeah. a there is a tasty looking factor to a Tide Pod. That's true. Yeah. But there's no written warning. See. <laughs> Once there's a warning on it, then then it becomes, uh, you know, the uh, the unattainable fruit, the forbidden fruit. That is a Tide right. Pod. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I guess maybe silica gel packets don't have that vibe because Tide Pods are sold directly to consumers like they want us to buy it. So it's colorful and joyful. But like silica gel, it's just industries buying them like there's there's no dressing it up to make it fun. So that's probably why that's probably the deal. They have a useful function where the the technical term is like a desiccant. It's something that keeps foods dry, such as beef jerky, and and a lot with a lot of foods, if they're kept dry, they last longer, don't like get mold or bacteria on them so quickly. Uh, so they are a useful thing, but we never think about them. Never comes up. 
I recently, I didn't look it up, but I did talk about it with my mom recently because my brother got shoes and I was like, why did they, this is like a, week, like a week ago, two weeks ago. I was like, why did they put poison in the food and in the shoes? I don't understand why it's in both of oh. them. And she was like, it keeps things dry. And I was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> there were some of the pair of shoes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To keep the shoes dry, I guess. And I was like, I don't understand it. This just seems like too much. They're just throwing poison at things just to test us now. I was very frustrated. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. Yeah. Don't don't let the, inter- the internet get a hold of that one. That's a... <laughs> Well, and with the safety, I uh, normally these episodes start with a set of stats and numbers. I want to go with a big takeaway first. Takeaway number one. Silica gel packets have all those do not eat warnings because they are a choking hazard. It turns out that's the main reason. Like they're they're I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nutritionist. There there is like a vague chance of some kind of chemistry or poison reason that they would be bad for you. But the main reason that warning is on there is that people could choke on it, including adults. Yeah, I I read that as well, <laughs> that it's that oh. it's a choking <laughs> hazard thing. And I'm like, uh if you are a child, uh, you know, that might choke on this. You're not able to read, do not eat. And if you're oh. an adult that's choking on this, you're eating too fast. So <laughs> That's true. It is literacy dependent. Yeah. Once again, I didn't Google any of this. Um, so I found out that it dries you out. Uh, and when I, my mom said that, I was like, obviously, you don't eat it because it dries out your whole body and you die. And so until this very moment, I didn't know it was a choking hazard. I thought it would just... Yeah, I don't know. Just turn me into a little dried up thing. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 how you get mummified. That's that's yeah. how the Egypt, that's how the that's how the Egyptians mummified. Actually, they just filled the pharaoh with uh, silica gel. Sienna, that was my exact belief about these before researching. I thought it like it either turns you into one of those mummies from like Peru, where it's just a dried out husk, or or it makes your face look like. That one Simpsons episode where they eat straight from the lemon tree or the turnip tree, and then the guy's face just like converges into itself from the sourness. That was my like <laughs> belief about these things. Uh, but it turns out you could just choke on it because the silica inside is very, very hard and can obstruct your throat. It, so that's why. Uh, again, don't eat them. As the kid who was like, I'm afraid of eating it. Of course, I squished them as hard as I could between my fingers to see how hard they were. It's why I'm saying they're not appetizing. It looks like eating little pebbles or sand. That's almost exactly what you're doing. It's it's silica (laughs) is essentially sand. It's a similar chemical structure and composition to sand. Oh, yeah. So there's no reason to eat it. Like there's there's truly no benefit. And then there is a risk of choking (laughs) on it. So the warning is correct. Like, it's a good idea to not eat it. And the main sources here, there's a piece for Popular Science by Bridget Reed Morosky, and then expert interviews from Discovered Magazine and Women's Health Magazine, because they all say that silica gel packets are like officially considered non-toxic because they just do not interact with the human body chemically unless a really strange thing happens or you eat like thousands of them or something. Uh, the U.S. National Capital Poison Center officially says they are non-toxic. Yeah, I read one thing where there was a lady whose kid ate one and she got freaked out, obviously, and called yeah. poison control. And they were and they basically told her, like, this is our most common call. 
<laughs> really? <laughs> oh, that, that makes sense. Was, yeah. That was uh, what she said. The, the When she called uh, her local poison control, they told her this happens all the time. It's fine. Just, you know, wash, wash the mouth out as best you can and it'll be OK. <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah, because that's who I would go to. I would be like, oh, my child ate one of these. They've been poisoned. And then they would tell yeah. me your if your child didn't choke on it, they need to poop it out and they probably will. That's that's the yeah. next steps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're really nice and practical at poison control. I've had to call them twice this year, so they're great. Oh, oh yeah. OK. I'm glad it all worked yeah. out. Sienna. That's good. We're here taping. All right. <laughs> uh, shout out to Poison Control for all their yeah. kindness and support. Uh, <laughs> I want to start running free ads for them or something. Yeah, they, they just do a good thing, right? Like, Well, I had taken a bunch of the placebo birth control pills. I put them a bunch in my mouth as a bit, and then they melted in my mouth. And so I had taken oh, And then I realized okay. there was iron in them. And then I found out about iron poisoning. And then I called, and they looked up the type of birth control I had, uh, what the percentage of the, of the iron was, how much iron I'd really taken. Okay. Um, wow. And they were like, well, why? And I was like, it, it was like a bit. I didn't know they'd melt in my mouth. <laughs> I was putting them under my tongue. I was going to get them all there in there as a bit. And they were like, yeah, don't do that again, please. And I was like, okay. But like, they're like, and, and you're sure like no, nothing's wrong with you? And I'm like, no, no. It was just like, you know how you always skip taking them? You're like, these don't mean anything. I was like, F you, mom. And you like, stick them all in your mouth. Like, I'm a, I'll, I'll do my medicine, right? Um, and they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're the third YouTuber that's called us today. <laughs> I Not a YouTuber. I wonder if like the most common call they get is somebody ate a silica gel packet. And then the second most common call is bits. You know, like I was doing jokes, japes, yeah, funny things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, ooh, I now really do want to talk to a poison control center person. I think just for a, a comedy podcast, that's perfect. Like, all right, just just sit back and just yeah. hit me with it. What, what's the weirdest stuff? <laughs> well, it's not always bits. Sometimes you think baking sodas it absorbs the stinks in your fridge right and so i was curious if it would be stinky so i stuck it directly up to my nose and sniffed it in the hole then i realized that's just what snorting is then i had oh, to cut poison control they said it was fine <laughs> oh, especially yeah. if there wasn't anything around it they said don't do it again and they said why'd you do it again i'm like was i wanted to know if it was stinky i didn't i was just trying to smell it <laughs> yeah they said it's just gonna dry out your nose it's gonna burn a little bit but you're fine and i said okay yeah I'd also like to think you made their day. Like every, if I was working at Poison Control, every time I get to tell somebody it's fine, great. That's a good part of my day. <laughs> yeah, it's going good. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Now let's talk about you. What is what's your whole deal? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, uh, and also we have an expert interview here about this from a. It's a USC pharmacology professor. Uh, and his name is distracting. His name is Roger Clemens. And if people are baseball fans, that's one of the most famous baseball players of all time. His name is Roger Clemens. But uh, Women's Health interviewed this pharmacology professor named Roger Clemens. He says a silica gel packet is, quote, non-toxic, is not absorbed or digested, passes through the gut, and is subsequently eliminated, end quote. And so that's why there's also like zero health benefits to this. Like your body is just not interact. There's like there's not absolutely zero nutrients you're going to get or whatever. There's none of that. You're just eating like an industrial form of sand, uh, which is just dumb. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, 
did you because i like i said i was looking for youtubers that were eating it and the closest i found was some guy who in the description it says i ate the silica gel packet i was like oh i found it click and uh it was just him he opened up one of the packets and spread it out on the table and then poured water onto it and oh. it started reacting exactly like pop rocks because <laughs> what it is it's like the the beads are extremely porous you know silica and so the That's water right. like rushes in and it literally starts like like sounds like bacon frying uh when you put it on there and then he proceeded to eat exactly one little pebble of it and that was it oh. i was like oh come on man what are you doing no guts no glory but uh yeah i imagine that the reaction would be uh pretty uh, freaky when you put it on your tongue if it starts going pop rocks on you <laughs> so it might not be wow, poisonous okay. but it would at least uh it, you'd remember it <laughs> you'd remember the experience <laughs> Boy, that yeah, that guy medium clickbaited you. He did eat one, but it doesn't count, really. Uh, it's not a. He packet. didn't eat the whole pack. Literally um, ate one. Yeah, yeah, and because that's right, silica. We'll talk more about the the chemistry later, but the basic version is that it's a chemical combination of silicon and oxygen, uh, and then a super porous version is the one that gets put in these packets, and so you know it it does a thing called adsorbing water. And then it can also adsorb other stuff. But the main danger is not that that will massively dehydrate your body, especially because there's just not that many pellets in a packet. Popular science says the real concern is the size of the beads of silica. It's pretty easy for a child to choke on the packet or the beads within it. They also say some beads are large enough for adults to choke on, too. So, so you don't get mummified. It's just like you're putting very solid things that even if the fluids in your body are getting thrown at them, they don't break down. They just take the fluids in and can choke you. Wait, wait, like it gets bigger. Like that's when it chokes. Cause it's getting the wetness in your throat and it gets bigger. Is that what you're saying? Or am I no, just being dramatic? Okay. No, that's a good question. It doesn't get like bigger. And that's actually part of what's freaky about it. It like has pores already that will just, uh, it's called adsorb the water and just take it in. But they, they won't get like 10 times as big or something. No, there's a vague possibility of dehydration if you have a ton of it. Uh, if you also inhale a bunch of silica dust, there's a lung disease called silicosis. But but again, these aren't likely with the little packets, you know. Yeah, that that's a big thing in uh, mining. It's called white lung. So there's black lung with coal. Hmm. White lung is, yeah, silicosis, because when you have to drill down through all those layers of rock to get to whatever you're mining, a lot of silica dust comes out. So that's like a that's a big thing in mining. And and this is also a big thing that people mine. Like there are mines just to get silica. It turns out silicon and oxygen are very common throughout the Earth's crust. And so there's just a ton of silica in the world. Sand is broken down silica. We're, we're sort of surrounded by it. Uh, and you don't want to breathe it in. But if you're eating these packets, again, you're not risking that thing. You're just putting it into your body instead of inhaling it. Yeah. So Sienna, don't snort it. Yeah. It's no baking soda. Yeah. I've always wondered what they smell like, but I won't I won't take them out of their little plastic enclosure. In my head, that's what keeps me safe from them. They're in that little plastic bag. And I'm like, thank God they've been trapped. Like, you know, when you trap like a demon or a ghost or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, the other other thing with all this is Discover Magazine talked to a few experts about desiccants in general. 
And one kind of positive thing about silica gel is it is theoretically non-toxic. And apparently there are other desiccants that get used that are toxic. And so sometimes people have like consumed one of these, but it turns out it's not silica gel. It's a different one, such as calcium oxide. Uh, Apparently a patient with dementia consumed calcium oxide and chemically burned their mouth. Um, There's also a chemical called cobalt chloride. You you just don't want to consume desiccants in general. And silica gel packets are one of the safer ones, which is why you see them in food so much. I don't like that there's unsafe ones. This is news to me. (laughs) Yeah. I guess there's a lot of like poison talk. I hope that's not a bummer to people. But that's like the, the, the biggest thing I know about these packets is that it's a small white object that says do not eat in huge letters. And I was like, well, why? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's important to tell the people about poisons. Like, you know what? You can't take bleach and toilet cleaner and mix them. It will not clean your toilet faster. You will have to leave your house. I've heard about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't if you do mix, that. yeah, bleach and degreaser, that's uh yeah. That's that's classic uh restaurant faux pas, you know. It's like, "Oh, I got a mop bucket. I'm supposed to mop the store, and you'll have bleach, you'll have degreaser, and if you're supposed to mop up, you're like, "Well, bleach is hardcore, degreaser is hardcore. I'm going to put them both in this mop bucket." And then all of a sudden, right. yeah, you've uh, yeah, everyone has to leave the store. <laughs> Hungry Howie's Pizza, 2005. Only made that mistake once. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I was 18 years old. Yeah, mopping up. Oh, boy. (laughs) Listen, sometimes we make it at 18. Sometimes we make it at 28 because we go, this is intense. Time to be strong. (laughs) And and no, it's not. You you, you have to go. You have to get out of there. So I think it's important to talk about poison because we got to know. Yeah. We are surrounded by industrial <laughs> chemicals and life. It's just going on. Got to know. Yeah. yeah. Very important. And yeah, and so I hope that clarifies things for people. Again, don't eat these. Uh, and Mental Floss says, if nothing else, there's no taste. Uh, like, they didn't have their reporter eat it. But reportedly, it tastes like nothing and in an unpleasant way. They compared it to, like, postage stamps, but even less enjoyable. So, so yeah, just don't bother. <laughs> don't, don't, don't mess with it. You well, don't I'm even take- look. Oh, sorry. <laughs> No, you go for it. I, because my wrong takeaway is just that it's suspicious that he didn't taste it. And they're like, and don't worry, it doesn't taste like anything. Like, now I'm curious. But I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say, they don't even trust us to lick postage stamps anymore. The postage stamps are now just self-adhesive. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you know, Seinfeld freaked out too many people. And they're like, uh-uh. Yeah. I was about to say, don't you think that's Seinfeld's fault? They killed someone licking postage stamps. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was envelopes, but I think they're just getting out of the licking game in general on, on a mass scale. <laughs> like, people don't like this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh what a what a world that we're all like on the verge of putting things on our tongues and in our bodies uh, that are chemicals and don't do these what what foods have y'all seen these in because it occurs to me that like jerky and like pepperoni like cured meats yeah, meat, seems to yeah. be like the most common thing which again back to the like the the choking hazard thing it's like those are not things that you just like dump into your face necessarily <laughs> like i'd see if they had them in if they had them in doritos or something sure but it's like i don't know how many people are just guzzling right. down a bag of you know genoa salami <laughs> yeah i've seen them in vitamins which is another thing that you are being real slow with yeah yeah this is one at a time foods you know yeah 
Yeah, I last saw them in shoes, and so there's no real choking hazard there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think people eat these accidentally very often. I didn't come upon anything like that. It's, it's usually somebody's like, forget the warning, I'm going for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, uh, that that is like the YouTuber mentality. Why did these people not film this activity? <laughs> You say YouTuber mentality, but before YouTube, I knew guys who were like, I'm going to snort snort a pixie stick. So yeah. that always has been an energy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt McClanahan. <laughs> yep. 2003. I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah. It wasn't a pixie stick, though. It was a Smarties. He ground down Smarties <laughs> and did a rail, did a, ga- did a gator tail of Smarties <laughs> in journalism class. Nonetheless, we were we weren't there for that. We were supposed to be reporting on the hard hitting issues of Auburn High School. But he's over here cutting up, being a being a clown, snorting Smarties. <laughs> Never has the name Smarties been more ironic, right, folks? Uh, <laughs> weird juxtaposition. Off of that, we are going to a short break, followed by a whole new takeaway. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them and then you just stay there like, like really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. Well, and, and with the rest of this topic, there's another takeaway coming, but I want to do a whole set of fascinating numbers and statistics. That's usually the top of the show. And this week, that's in a segment called... I've heard there were statistics chords that David played to math some more, but you don't really count up numbers, do you? Do, 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 do. <laughs> it goes like this. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21... 22, 23, 24, 25. And uh, that name was submitted by Kathleen Estrada. Thank you, Kathleen. We have a new name for this. Every week, please make them as silly and wacky and bad as possible. Submit to SIFPod on Twitter or to SIFPod at gmail.com. And uh, the, the first numbers here, these are all about the chemistry of silica gel packets. First number is three, because three is the number of atoms in silica. This is going to be the, the most chemistry full bit. 
Turns out silica is a common name for the compound silicon dioxide, which is one silicon atom and two oxygen atoms. But it's like all around us, that one compound gives us everything from the mineral quartz to quartz ground down as sand. There's a bunch of it in the crust of the earth. There's silica gel packets around us. It's, it's a super common chemical combination. I'm glad you explained it because you said three atoms. And I was like, there's no way that three atoms is the size of a silicon gel. You can't see them, but when they're together, oh. I was like, that can't be it. He's, he's got to have the real answer. Right, right. <laughs> it's a mo- molecules. I remember stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, and I couldn't find like solid estimates for it, but the World Economic Forum says oxygen and silicon are the two most common elements on Earth. And the journal Science says 12% of the Earth's crust is made of quartz specifically, which is again this compound silica. So the, the main thing to know is that it's all over the world and a little bit of it gets turned into silica gel packets. Who's counting? Yeah. I think like geologists, but they're really guessing with a lot of the specific amounts of this because the earth is vast and yeah, we can't just like put a stethoscope to it and check, you know, like it's it's pretty yeah. hard to figure out. <laughs> uh, those geologists literally counting grains of sand on the beach. Pretty crazy. <laughs> well, the other number with that is less than 1%. Because uh, there's a whole silica mining industry, uh, like like you're saying, Rivers, there's white lung from breathing in too much of it. But when done safely, it's fine. And less than 1% is the amount of silica mining that goes towards silica gel packets. Popular Science interviewed Robert Gooden of the U.S. Geological Survey. And he says there's a huge amount of industrial sand mining in the world. And over 60% of it goes into the oil and gas industry. Like they use it for fracking and for other things for those processes. And then about 10% of it gets turned into glass because like sand gets heated and worked and turned into glass. That's how we get mirrors. Uh, And then a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of it gets made into these little packets for drying out stuff. People are not eating as much pepperoni as they used to, you know, (laughs) (laughs) as pepperoni rates decline, (laughs) silica, (laughs) silica industry is hurt. It's weird. I I was just doing an episode about American cheese, and we were talking about how, due to the growth of pizza, about a third of the cheese Americans eat is just the cheese on pizza. So I I like that we're also thinking about the scale of pepperoni in the world. That's fun. It's fun to me. Into it. (laughs) I am now getting hungry. I don't. mm, Alex, you've done it again. I'm going to go buy some pepperoni and not eat the silica pack in it. <laughs> Don't do it. They said the reporter didn't taste it, but he swears it's not tasty. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but yeah, then uh, if people remember the mirrors episode, we talked about how most mirrors are a silica glass substrate and then silver as a backing for reflectiveness. So that yeah, there's there's silica like all around us and then a very porous version with a lot of holes in it for fluids to go into gets used for the silica gel packets. Do people not use it, or did they not ever use it for boobs and butts? Oh, that's silicone. Did, did they? <laughs> Sorry, because <I'm> <laughs> sitting here being like, oh, is yeah. it also on boobs and butts? Yeah, this that basic like compound or things related to it are all over everything. Like we could tape for hours and hours about how silicon and silicone are around us. Yeah, it's just going on. Shout out boobs and butts. Good stuff. Shout out to boobs and butts forever. (laughs) 
And the, the next number here, this is a really extreme use of silica gel packets. Uh, the next number is 1898. And that's because the year 1898, more than 100 years ago, that is when a baker in England created a wedding cake that is still with us today, thanks to the magic of silica gel. Because uh, the Philpot Bakery in Hampshire, England, according to Atlas Obscura, they opened in 1898 and made a display wedding cake. And then they have just constantly preserved it, mainly with silica gel. And it's believed to be like the oldest wedding cake in the world that we still have. Oh, oh my God. Oh, it looks pretty foul to me. It's very beige, uh, but it's there. (laughs) Why? Oh, my Lord. Why do this? Oh, that's awful. That is truly. (laughs) Oh, don't do that to cake, man. Cake is my favorite. That's a that's a that's a crime against cake. It, yeah, it, it it reminds me of uh, Great Expectations. Miss Haversham, she's sitting alone in her house with her wedding cake. That's that yeah. is just that's depressing and gross. This is England, right? That's a rare that's a that's a rare combo. Depressing and gross is rare. I like that. <laughs> and yeah, it is England. At, at Rivers, I thought of Great Expectations too. Yeah, like saving wedding stuff for decades and decades in a messed up way. It's just vile. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it makes sense with England because, like, they don't have anything good. Like, they, like, stole everything from the world and they put it in a museum. And they're like, what do we got? Oh, my God. Just just save this cake forever. We'll, ha- we'll have the oldest cake. Right. And so that's what they had to do. They, they got to step it up. They don't have – they took the obelisks. They don't have anything. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Egypt, like, it's basically a mummy. And it's being kept yeah. dry in the fashion of a mummy, this cake, in a, in a way that is unnatural to me. And it, I, they, you would think it would drive people away from your bakery, but they're just putting it out there for everybody to see. <laughs> what, did that explain how they have this cake? Like why it wasn't eaten in 1898 or they just made it <laughs> to be preserved? Yeah, they, Alice Obscure says they made it for the window to be displayed. And then I oh, guess, okay. I I guess they just like for generations now have been keeping it dried out with a steady rotation of new silica gel because silica gel will also just fill up with moisture and then it's it runs out of room. And so they're constantly replacing the silica gel on it to keep it going. Okay. I was thinking somebody ordered it in 1898 and they might show up any day and just be like, I'm here for my cake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mr. Havisham just swings through. Like he's got the ticket, like a dry cleaner. Like, okay, ready. (laughs) We got married after all. So, uh, cake. (laughs) Yeah. 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 She's, uh, yeah, she's cool. She's cool now. It's, you know, it took me 130 years, but you know, we did it. (laughs) Greatest love story ever told. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and this this ancient cake basically, uh, it's also been through a lot because, for example, World War II happens between eighteen ninety eight and now. I was just about to say, this cake survived the Blitz. <laughs> yeah, apparently a bomb exploded pretty nearby, and it got a crack in it, <laughs> but otherwise it remained structurally sound. And then, especially since then, the owners have injected it with a glue-like substance to hold it together. So super inedible now, even beyond all the other reasons. <laughs> But it survived the Blitz because it has been around since 1898 and a bomb went off nearby. It's filled with. So this is like almost like a ship of Theseus like situation. Like <laughs> at what point does is this is a mound of glue. This is yeah. not a cake. 
<laughs> this is this is this is a little less impressive now. <laughs> when do we stop calling it a cake? I feel like a cake is defined by my ability to eat it. Yeah. It does not sound edible. <laughs> right. <laughs> And the, the next number here, as far as why they're reapplying it all the time, is about one year. And about one year is the approximate shelf life of a standard little silica gel packet. I'll, I'll link a couple articles about basically life hacks you can do with silica gel packets, because I just throw them out. But people have reasonably said, hey, you can use these to like keep other foods you have dry and help them last longer. Uh, the one catch with that is that most of them apparently wear out after about a year because they either fill up or they're just not as potent anymore. Uh, so they they are kind of single use that way. Like you can't use one of these forever to keep something dry. So if it goes bad in a year, like, does that mean it's just like a one time use thing? And we throw it away. Can we recycle it? Like we got I know it's only one percent of the mines, but. Can yeah. we make it less? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's part of people writing these articles. They're like, you don't need to throw it out. You can dump it in a bag of chips and then it will keep the chips dry and help them last longer. Like, that is valid. But it's just the the limitation of this tiny packet is eventually it fills with moisture and it's done. And in terms of that storage, here's the next number. The next number is up to 40%. And there's a little bit of a chemistry split and airs thing here too, but... According to Discover Magazine, like whatever the weight of your silica gel is, it can hold 40% of its weight in water. So they're very good at like taking in liquid. Uh, and their description of that process, quote, water from moist air condenses onto the solid parts of silica gel. The droplets accumulate and slowly build up enough to make contact with growing moisture deposits on nearby gel molecules eventually the two merge uh, and then the water molecules hold on to each other and the silica gel while filling up the internal structure of each pellet in a packet and so that means the pouches feel dry even though they are filling with water so it's not like a sponge or a towel or something it's doing a process that uh, i'm going to try to pronounce properly it's called adsorption which is different from absorption uh, and I, this is a, a pretty arcane chunk of chemistry, but it's the specific thing that they're doing where they're taking in water and also they don't get wet, like a wet towel. I uh, I get adsorbed all the time when Facebook shows you like a t-shirt and you're like, dang, I do kind of want that shirt. <laughs> and then I buy it. <laughs> throw, I throw to mid-roll advertising immediately. Like, and get adsorbed <laughs> by Casper. Casper is a mattress. <laughs> Cut the tag off. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. Oh, that that's actually a good pitch for like a you know mattress company. Like we're the outlaw mattress company. We'll, right. we'll let you take the tag off in the store. We don't care. <laughs> we're not calling the cops. We don't, we're no we're a no snitching mattress store. <laughs> Just tearing it off with their teeth like it's a wrestling promo. They're cutting like yeah, like, uh, we're crazy. Watch the match. <laughs> Yeah, but that I know that's pretty arcane, but it's it's exactly what they do. And so if you do try to use these, that's how much water they can hold is up to 40 percent of their own weight. Yeah, I don't know how much they, I've been sitting here. I don't know how much they weigh. I don't know how much 40 percent of that water is. This just <laughs> seems like it's getting real complicated. Um. Yeah, it's just a weirder process than I expected. And it's 
explains why I like I never really knew what they did when I was a kid because they don't get wet. So they're just almost secretly taking water out of whatever's there because they feel dry, too. But you would think when they fill up, they would feel wet. But instead, they just remain looking the same and being the same to the touch. As a kid, you knew they did this this wetness stuff? No, I didn't know at all. I just I, I was just uh-huh. like, what's going on? Because they felt dry. So I was like, what are these dry random things I can't eat? Oh, well, Chuck. I was an add your own logic kid. I was like, clearly this is for if animals get in there to poison and kill them immediately. And then it's <laughs> over for them. Like, I thought it was just like, you know, <laughs> these guys won't know dead. I don't think that's really necessary now. But yeah, that's what I thought. That makes about as much sense. Sure. Yeah. Some kind of trap. Like what rat wouldn't want my beef jerky? You know, like got to kill him <laughs> right? uh, for <laughs> getting in there. Because <laughs> he's already gotten in there and he's already touched it, but he deserves to die for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not preventative. It's just punishment. (laughs) Well, and there's one more number here. The next number is the 1990s. Wonderful set of years, 1990s. That is the decade when... (laughs) I'm setting the scene. (laughs) That's the decade when silica gel crystals first got turned into cat litter. Oh, and if people have ever know. used crystal cat litter, not the clay kind, but the crystal kind, that is made of this basically exact same kind of stuff. It is silica gel, and instead of absorbing water, it's absorbing, you know, urine and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's stinky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's a pretty hard task, all that urine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, according to VetStreet.com, in the 1990s, the litter industry rolled out these silica crystal kind as an alternative to clay-based litter. The biggest advantage is that it is dust-free. Like when I, when we use our clay kind, it kicks up a lot of dust, but the crystal kind, it just is crystals and it takes it in. We had a crystal one, but then we moved to clay because the crystal is stinky. But also, with the, do you have a do you have a house? Like we have a little door, we have a exactly. little top, so yeah. So it's all mostly stand. We have one cat who's really neat and wants to keep it all in there, and um, one cat who doesn't know what's happening. So <laughs> he's not say clean. Oh, <laughs> he's. We found her like in the sun as a baby. Like she doesn't know what's going on. Oh, um, yeah. but the door is helpful. <laughs> I I had never owned cats until adulthood, and I was shocked that both of ours knew how to use the litter. I was like, okay, now that we have this this kitten, like, how much training is it going to take? How how many nights am I going to be up, like, trying to teach it to use the bathroom? And then it just knew how. It was amazing. I mean, they're self domesticated. They they pick this life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, yeah, they get a little, yeah, we have two boxes and they're both like hutches with total like roofs on them. And yeah, it's going great for them. But we do not use the crystal <laughs> kind. I, I just like uh, have honestly started using COVID masks as a dust protectant as well when I'm scooping the litter. It's pretty good. Yeah. Ah. They're useful for masks for like other stuff. Turns out you can you can use them all kinds of ways. So <laughs> masks versatile. Yeah. I'm now I'm an advertiser for COVID masks, which is fine with me. Uh, they're good. You should use them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have a promo code or anything, but do it. <laughs> I thought you were going to connect them to the masks. Like germs are wet. Stick it in a mask and germs and then it's double working. <laughs> but maybe oh. germs aren't wet. <laughs> There's one last takeaway for the main episode, and it is about masks as well. So takeaway number two 
We have silica gel packets today thanks to silica gel's role in World War I gas mask technology. Uh, it turns out yet another thing they can absorb is mustard gas, which is called mustard oh. gas, but actually it's liquid droplets vaporized in air. So the same way they absorb, you know, like the water in a beef jerky, uh, silica gel was used to absorb the droplets of mustard gas on the Western Front. So you're telling me I could, in fact, mix bleach and degreaser and mop a whole store <laughs> with the, with that super, super chemical. All I need is a World War One era gas mask. I had the same takeaway. I was like, you just got to throw some silica gel packets on the ground. You saved everybody. Right. Yeah, we've we've cracked it. We figured it out. <laughs> right. We're going to win World War One today. We're going to do it. Yeah. We're gonna... <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to go work in a restaurant again. <laughs> you can make mustard gas safely at home now. I'm glad we figured it out. <laughs> what if I take that first time in the show when I said I'm not a doctor and just like kept looping it throughout the podcast? Like it's just <laughs> there's just another track of that on a low volume at all times. <laughs> yeah. And and. This, uh, this is basically the history of silica gel packets, and the key sources are a piece for Epicurious.com by Matthew Zuris and a piece for the University of Kansas Medical Center by James Patton, because they talk about how apparently European chemists were familiar with silica gel and what it can do as a desiccant as early as the 1600s. It's been something that people were aware of, and this is just a thing you can mine, you know, you don't have to like invent it. But during World War I, there was a crisis of chemical warfare uh, because, in particular, the German side started using mustard gas. There had been use of chlorine gas before that, but mustard gas, the existing masks could not stop it. And mustard gas is technically a liquid in an aerosol form. It's droplets of liquid suspended in air. Uh, and it was horrible. It, uh, according to the University of Kansas, chemical warfare caused less than 1% of World War I casualties, but it was... Uh, very devastating. It harmed a lot of people. It, it was a psychological and health problem for everybody in the war. Yeah, it's definitely not a way to go oh, out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, and some of those like accounts from when they did unleash it is like horrifying because you can see it. You know, like you could see it coming towards you and, you know, it, yeah. you know, bend the, bend the light of the air and stuff like that. So you're just like, uh oh, <laughs> you know, it would have been, uh, yeah, bad, bad way to go. Yeah. And yeah, you could see it because often it was like a yellow or brown color. And like long, long ago, there's an episode of this show about mustard, like the delicious condiment that's good. But it, it was oh, yeah. this this substance was named at, named mustard gas, even though it's a liquid and not made from the food mustard because it looked like a gas and looked all yellowy. So people were like, I'm going to call it that. And I'm busy in the war. I'm not going to check if this makes sense. <laughs> Scientifically. Someone, someone smelled it and they had to call poison control. They're like, all right, it's not mustard. It's not, doesn't taste good. <laughs> Calling poison control with like a pigeon carrying a message like, uh, Hey, Hey, yeah, am yeah. I okay? Uh, Fly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, they came up with a gas mask that could effectively filter mustard gas, mainly thanks to Walter Albert Patrick, who was a chemist at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. In the early 1910s, he did doctoral research on how to produce mass quantities of silica gel industrially, uh, so that it's cheaper and then you have a lot more of it. 
And then from there, he came up with it as a filtration medium for the gas masks. And uh, it could absorb quantities of the liquid that's in mustard gas, just like water. And so that helped protect a lot of people. So it's really cool. I'd never heard of Walter Albert Patrick, but he, you know, did a good job. Nice. Three first names. That's crazy. Yeah, you're either a serial killer or you invent something helpful. <laughs> he could do both. You don't know. Sorry, you're yeah. dead, and I don't mean to, to slander you, Walter Albert Patrick. <laughs> I'm like, and they never caught him for his crimes. Till now. We're true crime now. Switch. <laughs> the show is true crime. Ah. He, he left a trail of mummies in his wake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I want to see the CSI. Just <laughs> everyone's been mummified. CSI over a hundred years ago, and it's only crimes from over a hundred years ago, and they just read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cold case. <laughs> well, and, uh, and yeah, and then after World War One, like other industries looked into whether this gas mask silica gel could be used for other stuff, and then. You have the trickle down of the rest of the use of it today. Like it went from there to getting used in like shoes and foods, uh, just just stuff we want to keep dry in such a basic way. But one of its first major uses by by people using it industrially was World War One. So thank you, World War One. Great. So in order, it went cake, World War One, chips and shoes <laughs> for the uses. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cake first. Yeah. <laughs> hero cake so i assume that in the factory where they make the silica gel that everybody has to wear you know masks and probably you know like a hazmat suit but even with all of those protections how much water do those people have to drink every day (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know what i mean you're in the driest place imaginable just cotton mouth galore yeah, that's not a factory tour. I feel like there's high demand for uh, to <laughs> explore either. Like, I, I don't know. The kids don't want to come. Uh. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure. I'm sure in the one town that makes all of the silica gel packets, that's that's what you go to. Like the kids are in like, you know, 10th grade and they're like the silica gel packet factory again. <laughs> It's like it's like here with Griffith Observatory. All the kids go, you know, three times a year for school, except there it's, uh, you know, in whatever Oxide Springs, Michigan or wherever they make it. The Griffith Observatory is sick. It's got big planets. It's got it's got other big planets, got rocks and and it's cool. It's got space themed stuff and and, yeah. and sites. I don't think they've yeah. got sites, the silica gel packet factory (laughs) (laughs) elementary school i got i went all the way back i went with my ex-boyfriend i went with my friends you go it's cool there are murders up there but you just don't go when there's murders oh yeah (laughs) think about the murders oh uh, apparently uh one company is called sorbco and it is in (laughs) Port Washington, Port Washington, New York. So, Alex, that's your neck of the woods, bud. Ooh. You got to go check it out. I'm heading down, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> Sorbco. Yeah, it's a, a Long Island. <laughs> of yeah. course, it's Long Island. Strong Island, baby. We make a, we make the silica gel. No, oh, I was going to say you get there and they do have the most beautiful sights. Like, maybe it is. Maybe it's really gorgeous around the factory. <laughs> I mean, it... <laughs> 
Yeah. I keep hearing how good Montauk is. I'm going to find out like Montauk is mostly that. And then also there's a beach. <laughs> like, oh, it's been great. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like it's got a, uh, a really nice view of the Bronx from there. <laughs> so there's something. <laughs> See Go the Yankees. silica gel All factory. Right. Come for the come for the silica. Stay for the view of the Bronx. <laughs> this this might be too sportsy, but Wrigley Field in Chicago baseball stadium. It's famous for like seats on the buildings around it that are tall and can see into it. I'd really like it if the yeah. silica gel factory had Yankees seats like on top of it to look at the Yankee stadium. <laughs> like <laughs> such a good way to see uh, the game. Uh, also yeah. constantly you need new bottles of water for some reason don't look into it you're just thirsty <laughs> probably it's probably hot uh. <laughs> it's hot yeah and and i should add they're located right on long island sound so they're really tempting fate here with uh you know not having a flood it's like yeah, yeah no this is a good idea we'll we'll have all the silica gel in oh, the place yeah. with uh right next to the water so they'll solve a flood They'll save the yeah, whole island. There we go. Yeah. Ooh. Zorbco. Zorbco. Get on it. <laughs> Folks, that is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Sienna East for making me feel very seen in terms of my prior theory about silica gel packets. And my thanks to Rivers Langley for diving into all kinds of things about him, as Sienna did too. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com. Patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is two topics. It's an astounding use of silica to make Mars more habitable, and another astounding use of silica to make Earth more habitable. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show, for a library of more than nine dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring silica gel packets with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, silica gel packets have all those do not eat warnings because they're a choking hazard. Takeaway number two, we have silica gel packets today thanks to their role in World War I gas mask technology. Plus all sorts of numbers in the middle this week about everything from the chemical composition of the earth to a weird British wedding cake. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests. They're great. Sienna East is part of the cast of NDND. That's on YouTube. You can just search those letters, NDND, or follow the show links. Also linking you to her website. That is SiennaEast.com. Sienna is spelled S-I-E-N-A. When you go there, you'll find Sienna's storytelling, stand-up comedy, comedy articles, and so much more. And then Rivers Langley hosts a wonderful podcast of his own. It is called The Goods from the Woods. Search that name or follow the links. It's... Pop culture, deep dives on stuff, a lot of Southern stuff, and just a wonderful experience with all kinds of funny people who you're going to enjoy hearing from. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. 
I leaned on a great piece for Popular Science written by Bridget Reed Murawski, expert interviews done by Discover Magazine and by Women's Health Magazine. They talked to people such as USC pharmacology professor Roger Clemens. I know, he's named Roger Clemens. Beyond that, leaned on Atlas Obscura, the University of Kansas, the journal Science. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken Unshaven by the Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I'm thrilled to say we will be back next week with more secretly incredibly fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then. (laughs) 